The Soccer Gambling Podcast is presented by Winbet. Winbet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and Arizona. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, Winbet has what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a $1,000 risk-free sports bet. Download the Winbet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. But all sports you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use the promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head over to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. We're also brought to you by Better Fantasy. Better Fantasy is a new free-to-play app that lets you sync your fantasy football league and bet on head-to-head matchups. Download the app today or head over to BetterFantasy.com slash SGPN. That's BetterFantasy.com slash SGPN. We're also brought to you by SoBet. Sign up to bet against your friends and join the social betting revolution at SoBet.io slash SGPN. That's sobet.io slash SGPN. And of course, don't forget to download the SGPN app, your home for all of our free picks and all of our free podcasts. Manchester United. 
You are listening to Bet MUFC here on the Soccer Gambling Podcast. You can follow the Bet MUFC Twitter account. It's at Bet MUFC. That's at Bet MUFC. I will definitely be fully on using that this week. We'll like to get a lot more followers on that account. That's the place where I want to be exclusively tweeting about Manchester United. To follow my main Twitter account, which is a Twitter account for the Soccer Gambling Podcast, that is at SGP Soccer. That's at SGP Soccer. And to get additional content from me, head over to my website, lockbetting.com. That's lockbetting.com. We have delivered 103 months in a row of transparent track profits. To start the new year right, sign up and get on the journey for month number 104. The 103 months we have in the bank are completely legitimate. When I use lockbetting.com, it diverts over to a Patreon site. And Patreon means every single one of my posts can be commented on by my members. Therefore, when I post my PL, which is free for everybody to see, it's free for you guys to see, I post the PL from the previous month on the Twitter account. It's always the pinned tweet over at SGP Soccer, but you can see all of the previous tweet, uh, previous PLs over at the lockbetting.com site, the Patreon page. And the PLs can all be commented on by every single member. So if I tried to falsify my PL by adding a play I didn't really post or not adding a play that lost, people would pick up on it, especially in this modern day when you're looking at how people are so ready and willing to criticise and how much people are looking to pick out flaws and to argue on social media in the time of millennials and social justice warriors. There's no way I'd be able to get away with saying I have 103 months in a row of transparent track profit without having 103 months in a row of transparent track profit. So if you want to come on board and find out, head over to lockbetting.com. It's almost unbelievable at this point that we've come this far with 103 months. I think that is the main thing that makes it unbelievable to people. If I'd come on here and said I've won 103 months out of 110 and I said that I had you know, seven losing months and 103 winning months, that would still be unbelievable and phenomenal data, but it would be a lot more believable. I think it's the part where I suffer for being undefeated because you see these other cappers on Twitter turning around and saying, that's not possible and you're fraudulent, etc. Well, come on board. There's a profit guarantee on the top package, which is the trap package. So if you don't make money, you'll get your money back. You'll get your money back for signing up. But I've never had to refund a single person because in over eight years, eight and a half years, I've never had a single losing month in sports betting. So if you want to get involved, head over to lockbetting.com. See, that's the nice stuff out of the way, making money over at lockbetting.com, making money with the, the podcast that we've been putting out as of late. And here is the sad part, because now we have to talk about Manchester United Football Club. We have to preview the game coming up against Aston Villa. But prior to that, we have to look back at the game against Wolves. It was a miserable start to the year. I was there with my son. Uh, We drove all the way down to Manchester. Didn't book a hotel this time because there have been so many games postponed. I did not get my money back from Hotels.com slash the McDonald Hotel in Manchester. I used Hotels.com as my booking site. And then um, the McDonald Hotel was the hotel I booked. These arseholes did not refund me and uh, I lost the money on that booking. So at the moment... I've made the decision to not book hotels. If the game's on in the morning, I've decided to drive down to the game and to come back. 
Um, I don't know if I'll be doing that again. Not because I don't want to watch Man United anymore, because I'm actually going up to Manchester to watch Manchester City versus Chelsea. But um, it's just very, very... It takes the enjoyment out of it. It's just very taxing, driving up for four hours, sitting down and watching a game for two hours, and then driving back for another four hours, spending a lot more time on the road than you are actually at the game. It doesn't really work for me. So I am going to be taking the gamble of staying overnight again. I'll probably just get cheaper accommodation than I usually do. And um, yeah, I, I really am losing interest in going to the Manchester United games. I have the Brighton game coming up, which was postponed. So obviously that'll be rearranged. I have tickets to Watford and Tottenham at home. I'm in the ballot for the Champions League last 16 against Atletico Madrid. But other than what I've already purchased, I cannot see myself investing any more money into this team this season. It's just fucking torture. It's just awful. It's just embarrassing. And some of the shit that's coming out on social media, we are an absolute joke. I've pulled a couple of clips up here. Um, first of all, we're going to listen to Patrice Evra talking about Manchester United at the moment. And then we are going to listen to the very controversial interview that Luke Shaw gave after the game. After we've um, listened to those two clips, we'll begin to analyse the issues a little bit more in depth. And then we'll move on to the preview for the Aston Villa game. But first of all, here are the clips that I just mentioned. You know what's frustrating the fan? It's because we got the player. But instead of talking about the manager, let's talk about the player. You are at United. Do you understand how lucky you are to play for this club? So show that. Show that to us. Show that to us, please. That's what we are waiting for. Let's stop talking about what's happening, you know, with the club. The player. We ask you to perform. That's United. If you 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 are uh, you don't like when people criticize you because you do a bad game, then leave the club. Then leave the club. But this is United. And when I speak about United DNA, let me explain to people what I'm talking when I say United DNA. It's winning mentality, so it's winning trophy. It's trying to win the league every year. And it's like dying on the pitch, like run, just run. Like my passion, people say, ah, but you know now it's more about tactic. Yes. But the passion, the fighting spirit, this is the United DNA. Even when you lose the game, but you give everything on the pitch, the fans, they will applaud you. But that's not what's happening right now. So let's be honest with ourselves. Let's fight for this badge and respect the people. They come and they, some people, they even do mortgage to come to watch the game. And that was my philosophy when I was playing. We don't play for the fame. We don't play for the money. We play for making people happy and we're passionate about the game. So I'm, I'm having a good time. It's difficult for me to not talk about United. But you have to stop talking just in a negative way about United. I love you all and United forever. That was uh, Patrice Evra talking about United. Probably not the best time to be talking about dying for your team on the pitch as players are actually dying on the pitch at the moment because of this um, COVID vaccine and the issues that it causes, the side effects. But I completely agree with everything he had to say. And now I'm going to put on the shocking interview that Luke Shaw gave directly after the game against Wolves. What did you make of it out there? Um, obviously not good enough. Um, I think we really struggled first half. 
couldn't get control of the the ball. We didn't have many options. But also on the other side, when we didn't have the ball, I don't think we was aggressive enough. Uh, we weren't on the on the front foot. We didn't really put them in, under any pressure. You know, maybe probably they felt like they were in full control. Um, so it was it maybe looked like an easy game for them first half, but. Yeah, no, a very disappointing performance, I think, but also a disappointing result. So is that how it felt on the ball? Like there just weren't too many options for you to play forward? Yeah, of course, and I think, look, we know that. Um, I think maybe at times it was it was clear to see. We, we didn't have many options on the ball. We, it felt like we didn't have much of the ball in the first half, to be honest. Um, and yeah, we wasn't on the front foot. I think it started from the first minute. I think we're at home our crowd behind us you know we have to put some pressure on them we have to have the intensity and I think even from the first minute or so I think we kind of didn't didn't go for them we didn't pressure them we, we, we sort of sat back and you know let them feel at home let them feel comfortable in the first two or three minutes when I think that time's critical where you've got to put your stamp on the game and you know we we need to bring the intensity especially with you know 75,000 people roaring behind us so what's the reason for that is that just a little bit of adjusting to a new manager still I'm not sure I don't think you can you can put it on that um, I think look, us players we've been here for a long time we played at home we, we know what it's like when you know when we have the intensity when you know you, you can feel the motivations there but I think maybe tonight we struggled we didn't or I didn't feel when I was on the pitch that, that we were all there together. You know, I think we we felt like we were struggling, and you know, it was it was tough. But one thing I will say is, Phil Jones should be proud of himself. I think, you know, he he's been criticised for a number of years, constantly. You know, people always getting at him, but he stuck by it. He's so professional, trained so hard. Um, and he got his chance tonight and I think, you know, he was he was phenomenal and I think, you know, he needs a lot of respect for that for tonight because he's, he's he was out for, for over a year and this is really his first, you know, big big game back um, and, and he was exceptional and, you know, I'm obviously very happy for him, for, for what he's been through and he, he's a really good lad and, and he deserves it. So I just want to say, you know, for, for, for Phil Jones, keep going. Um, but also on the other half, the, the, the team, we, we, we know we need to be better. Yeah, well said on Phil there. Just, just the last one on the team, because you said there was a, 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 a sense almost of not being all, all out there together. What do you mean by that and how do you get it? Because it's, it's a criticism you have faced in the past. It's, it's tough, I think. You look at our squad, you look at our team, the players we have. We have unbelievable quality, we have great quality. Um, and I think sometimes quality isn't enough. I think, like I said, we need to bring the, the intensity. We need to bring, you know, being more aggressive. Um, and we need to bring more motivation. I think, you know, maybe from, from the outside today, it didn't look like we had any of them three. Um, but inside the dressing room, we know we want to win. We, we, we know what we want. But I think when we, when we step out on that pitch, we need to give 100%. Everything we've got... Um, and I'm not saying, you know, not everyone did, but I think to win these types of games against a tough team like Wolves, we all need to be be 100% committed um, because we know it's always close games, whoever they play. Um, 
and yeah, like I said, it's just tough and, and disappointing. But we have time now to, to to refocus back. We we got a long training week, and you know maybe the manager can can bring some more ideas that, that what he wants on on the pitch. Thanks, Luke. Thank, Thank you. you. Cheers. Thank you. We'll talk transfers in just a moment. First, though, loads of noise around unrest at United, especially after Luke Shaw said what he said after that defeat by Wolves. Darmesh, what is going on behind closed doors at Old Trafford? Yeah, um, all doesn't seem right at Old Trafford just now. You mentioned Luke Shaw and those comments he made after that defeat at Old Trafford against Wolves on Monday. I'll give you some of his quotes. Didn't feel like we were all there together. We need to bring more intensity. And then a couple that were really quite standout. We need to bring more motivation and we all need to be 100% committed. Doesn't disguise it, does it? There seems to be... Something that's not quite right behind the scenes at Manchester United. Now, I've spoken to a couple of sources today. One of them has said the following to me, that certain cliques do exist at Manchester United. They also said to me that some players are finding it difficult to adapt to the formation and the training methods that Ralph Ranić is bringing at Manchester United. The second source said to me, look, they have the players at Manchester United who are ready to play, but... They don't have the coach to get the best out of those players. Look, we've got to balance this out, though. This is only one side. And you're only going to get dissenting voices coming out of a football club if they're not doing well. You're not going to get dissenting voices at Manchester City at the moment. Even if there are players that are unhappy there, it wouldn't be made public. They're top of the league. They're running away with the Premier League title. And players who aren't playing are always going to be unhappy as well. So that's why there's quite a lot of noise coming out of Manchester United because things aren't going altogether right on the pitch. As far as Ralph Rannick is concerned, you've got to look at his reign so far as well. It's been interrupted a little bit, you'd have to say, in his defence because there's been a lot of COVID-affected weeks during the time that he's been there. The training ground at Carrington, Manchester United's training ground, has had to be closed as well. So you have to balance everything that is coming out from a negative standpoint at Manchester United with some mitigating circumstances as well. As far as the managerial situation is concerned, it should be reiterated that when Ralph Ranić came and replaced Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, the plan was at Manchester United that he would be the interim manager until the end of the season and then a new permanent manager would take over from Ralph Ranić and Ralph Ranić would move into an upstairs role and a consultancy position. As far as I'm aware, that is still the situation at Manchester United and the recruitment process behind the scenes is still ongoing about a permanent replacement for Ralph Rannick. So a permanent replacement for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer yeah. to replace Ralph Rannick as the interim manager. So let's start to unpack some of this shit and uh, some of the stuff we've heard over the last few days. And I'm glad I waited to do this show a couple more days than I intended to. I intended just to go on some screaming rant the day after the game because I was so angry about driving back and sitting through that misery with my son. And um, we've waited for more headlines to come out. And it's nothing good. We're talking about clicks in the dressing room, which was addressed in that clip. Talking about a, a Portuguese click, an older click with some of the Spanish players. 
like Mata and De Gea and, and, and Matic, who isn't Spanish, but he is one of the older players. And then the younger clique with the likes of your Lingard, Sancho's and Rashford. And that's the last thing I wanted for, for Jadon Sancho to be getting involved with, with Jesse Lingard and, and Marcus Rashford and being involved in that clique. And that may be a part of why he's playing so poorly. We've heard about a big issue between Harry Maguire and Ronaldo, leadership issues, Ronaldo questioning his captaincy, some of the players siding with Harry Maguire because they like Harry Maguire as a captain. Apparently, Ronaldo said something along the lines of the only silverware you're going to get if we carry on like this will be the, the handcuffs you're in. So I don't think that Ronaldo actually said that. I think a lot of the shit coming out is being fed to the press in order to cause a rift at Manchester United. It probably is coming from players who aren't in the team, as was just said in that clip. Um, I think one of the things that's definitely valid is the fact that they are questioning Ralph Ragnick and they are definitely not fans of the the training methods. And we've heard about the players not wanting to train until 5pm. That doesn't sound like bullshit to me. That's just so far-fetched and ridiculous that it cannot feasibly be bullshit. I think these players have genuinely made that that complaint and I genuinely think they have an issue with Ralph Ragnick. I also believe one of the headlines that came out that said that Ralph Ragnick isn't anybody. Ralph Ragnick isn't good enough to be coaching these players. Well, they're Manchester United players in name only. If you actually spend some time around these players, go and meet these players, look at these players' attitudes, watch these players on the pitch, they don't act like Manchester United players. They don't do the first thing that Alex Ferguson told all of his players to do, which is respect the fans. They don't respect the fans. They don't go and meet with the fans when they're coming onto their team bus. They don't meet with the fans when they're coming off their team bus. They don't stop and meet the fans outside the Larry Hotel. They don't stop and meet the players, uh, meet the fans outside the training ground. A couple of them do, yes, but the vast majority, they don't. And if they do, it's pretty much a case of there being kids in the middle of the road that they are going to have to hit them with their car if they don't stop and roll their window down and take a couple of pictures. So they don't conduct themselves like Manchester United players on and off the pitch. We're also talking about players that are involved in in YouTube channels, their, their own endorsements. Um, constantly doing modelling shoots. Marcus Rashford is, is a fucking politician. So yeah, they do a lot of things that would not have stood during the Fergie time, bearing in mind that David Beckham was sold when he was playing unbelievably on the pitch. But Alex Ferguson didn't like his girlfriend and he didn't like his off-field antics. So he sold him to Real Madrid for just £25 million. That was how Fergie operated. He sold Yapstan because he didn't like a chapter in his book. And these players are getting away with being constantly on social media. We've got Jesse Lingard out there doing a uh, doing a campaign with KFC and um, just embarrassing himself in, in the car with, with other players. Um, we've got Marcus Rashford, as I said, being a politician. So, yeah, a lot of the stuff these players do wouldn't have flown when, when Fergie was there. And perhaps that's the message that Cristiano Ronaldo's bringing to the aggression room. Perhaps he's there to increase the standard of these players. And these players don't want to increase their standards. They want to be in the comfort zone and they want to be coached by a, a PE teacher like Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. So I don't think it's down to 
the standards or Ralph Ragnick being particularly difficult. And I don't think these players who haven't won a trophy in so long and haven't been anywhere near winning the Premier League can turn around and say that Ralph Ragnick isn't a big enough manager for them. I don't think Ralph Ragnick is a big enough manager for Manchester United. I was sceptical at the beginning when he came in because he hadn't dealt with big players with big egos. Now, I don't necessarily think these players are big players. A vast majority of them cannot call themselves big players, but they do certainly have big egos and there is some talent in that locker room. And I'm not disputing the fact that there is some talent in that locker room, but the fact is I don't think Ralph Ragnick has enough experience to manage it. And I'm not sure if any of the contenders on the list when we're looking at De Haag from Ajax or Mauricio Pochettino has enough experience to deal with it. But Pochettino's gone from Tottenham to Paris where he is dealing with bigger egos and I'd arguably say that he's not managing that successfully. So when you're looking at these players individually, they need someone who they respect. But the bottom line is you're playing for Manchester United and who in this dressing room has the right to say that they demand a coach that they respect? Because these are the same players or a lot of the players that got Louis van Gaal and Jose Mourinho fired and eventually got Ole Gunnar Solskjaer fired as well. We've got players here, and I read about this, that we've got players from four different managers, players that were signed by four different managers in this squad. That isn't good either because every manager that comes in inherits more and more players that he doesn't want. If you run through the players here in this team, David De Gea has been there for a long, long time. I think he has seniority. I think he's put in enough decent performances. Yes, he's had a couple of bad seasons and he's had a couple of howlers at the same time. But I think he has seniority to turn around and say, yes, we want this manager or no, we don't want this manager. Aaron Wambasaka right back. Who the fuck is Aaron Wambasaka to turn around and say who, who he should play for and who he shouldn't play for? He's a £50 million right back who we wouldn't get half of that money back for him at the moment. All he can do is tackle. He can't go forward. He can't cross the ball. He can't virtually do anything but tackle as a defender. And as a modern-day right-back, he's absolutely fucking useless. Looking at the centre-back pairings, Harry Maguire, yes, he improved our defence statistically when he was signed. But ever since he came back from the Euros, he's been absolutely abysmal. And he should never have been the captain of Manchester United Football Club. Alongside him, Victor Lindelof's been a disaster since he's signed. Rafa Ran hasn't had enough time to settle in. But at the end of the day, he's won a World Cup and he's won Champions League medals. So Rafa Varane can say what the fuck he wants, even though he hasn't been there for a long time. Luke Shaw. Luke Shaw is a player that's had about two good seasons since he's come at Manchester United. He had issues the whole time he was there with Jose Mourinho, with his form and his weight. And now he's gone back to being utter shit. As far as I'm concerned, Luke Shaw, he can do that interview, but he needs to look himself in the mirror. He doesn't have enough good seasons under his belt to turn around and say jack shit about who the fucking manager is at Manchester United. Looking at the midfielder, Paul Pogba, get the fuck out of my club. Paul Pogba is the toxic influence that brought this brought this mess to Manchester United in the first place. It was also aided by the fact that when he was signed, the, the owners paraded him around like some kind of god to take the heat off themselves because the, the supporters don't want the Glazers and the Glazers needed to shove it down their throats and go, look, we bought you a £90 million player and shove Paul Pogba down our throats constantly. He then became more interested in social media. Not to say that he wasn't anyway, but you can get away with fucking around when you're playing in Serie A. You can't do that in the Premier League. All he's been, the whole time he's been there, is a marquee signing to sell shirts. 
and he's put in about good he's put in a good performance in about 25% of the games he's played if he gets a new contract somehow from Manchester United this club is absolutely fucked because that is sending the absolute wrong message to the locker room he is the absolute antithesis of what we don't need at Manchester United Football Club, as is Jesse Lingard. Matic is too old. Scott McTominay, I think the jury remains out on McTominay. Some weeks is good, some weeks is really bad and completely out of position. I think that kind of inconsistency for me means that you shouldn't be a Manchester United player because you're, when you're challenging for the league, you shouldn't be that inconsistent. Is he good enough for Everton? Is he good enough for Villa? Is he good enough for West Ham? Yeah, he's good enough for all of those teams, but I don't think he's good enough to play in the top six, given the inconsistencies of his performance. The same can be said for Fred alongside him. When you play both of those guys, it certainly puts a massive weakness in your team, which is why so many people are talking about signing a new central defensive midfielder. But as I mentioned on the show previously, We don't need new signings here at this club because new signings coming into this toxic dressing room with the likes of Jesse Lingard, with the likes of Harry Maguire, with the likes of Luke Shaw, with the likes of Paul Pogba will just turn into worse players within a couple of months. That's what's happened to Jadon Sancho as we move on to the rest of the team here. Bruno Fernandes we'll start with. Bruno Fernandes has been spending more time throwing his arms up in the air, complaining and sulking than he has been doing things productive on the pitch, such as scoring goals and making assists. He's also gone missing in every single big game since we signed him. Now, I don't want to shit on Bruno too much. He's carried his team for the last two seasons, but Bruno Fernandes is having a bad season. But I do believe he has the seniority to have a say on who the next manager should be. Jadon Sancho's come in and he's been one of the worst signings so far in the history of the club. He needs to massively improve and um, I'm willing to give him a little bit more time to do so, but he has no say on the next manager. Marcus Rashford, I fucking hate Marcus Rashford. Marcus Rashford, I want out of this club immediately. I don't care what we get for him. I would take 25 million for Rashford. He's one of the most overrated players in the history of Manchester United. He's not good enough to wear the shirt. He hasn't been good for a about two years. This guy's averaging a goal every six games. Can you imagine anybody else in the top four playing his position that averaged a goal once every six games? He's not good enough. He's more interested in being a politician. And even that is absolute bullshit because I know the way Marcus Rashford conducts himself in real life. I know he doesn't give a toss about children in real life. And all of that is a big PR stunt that was put together by a by the PR company that's run by Jay-Z, who decided it would be a good time to capitalise on Black Lives Matter by signing up as many black athletes as you could. And one of them was Marcus Rashford, who now pretends that he wants to go around feeding children to improve his publicity and add more valuation to his name. But trust me, he has absolutely no value on the pitch. Marcus Rashford is shit and he shouldn't be playing for Manchester United. He's not a patch on Mason Greenwood. Mason Greenwood is the main guy here in the front line that I feel sorry for. Mason Greenwood should be playing for Manchester United in the first 11. He's the victim of the Cristiano Ronaldo signing. The signing that has, of course, rocked the dressing room. There's obviously some merit to what the Juve players were saying when they said that when you sign Cristiano Ronaldo, you become less of a team. And boy, are this team could this team be any less of a team? And as we move on to Ronaldo... Yes, of course, he's a senior player. Yes, of course, he should have a say on who the next manager should be and who he should have to play for because he's come to the club in his final years and he wants to win something. And he's a good example to the younger players. But at the end of the day, 
Ronaldo seems to be the thing that rocked the boat. Ronaldo seems to be the thing that ended the run of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Ronaldo seems to be the thing that disrupted our entire front line and our style of play. Because our style of play didn't involve having a, a target man like Cristiano Ronaldo in it. It involved soaking up pressure, meaning that we didn't have to press teams from the front. We sat back and tried to break on the counter-attack with our pacey wingers. We had the likes of Rashford and, and Greenwood and, and Martial in our team. Now, as a I said I don't like Marcus Rashford but he did factor into what we were trying to do this season with Sancho and Greenwood being the front three with Martial coming in and uh, Edison Cavani being there when you needed him for certain games when you needed that target man when you needed a goal we seem to have things all aligned in terms of what we were doing with our strike force then came in Cristiano Ronaldo and the fact that you have to play Cristiano Ronaldo because you're paying such ridiculous wages for him and because he's fucking Cristiano Ronaldo so that's a quick sort of overview of each individual player and who has the right to say anything. As for who I want out of the club, I think it's pretty clear. Anthony Martial needs to go and I think he will go soon. Jesse Lingard will be going at the end of the season. And I hope that Paul Pogba doesn't end up getting any kind of new contract because he's a big part of the problem here at Manchester United. But if you do lose Pogba, you definitely do need to make signings in that midfield position. As far as I'm concerned... There isn't really many players that I would desperately want to cling on to. There isn't many players that I would be disappointed to lose. Ronaldo included, Bruno Fernandes included. None of these players are delivering. And at the end of the day, this is Manchester United. And we are very much in danger of turning into Liverpool. And Liverpool were a team that we laughed at. We laughed at Liverpool. We laughed at the fact it took 30 years for them to go from winning the the league, the, the Division 1 title, sorry, when it was called Division 1, to finally winning their first Premier League. We laughed at the fact there was a 30-year gap. Well, in between that, Liverpool still challenged for the league. And Liverpool still won other trophies. We're not only in danger of going decades without winning the Premier League, we're in danger of winning absolutely nothing, which is probably what will happen this season. Anybody who thinks we have any realistic hope of winning the Champions League with this team or even going on an FA Cup run, and we'll talk about the FA Cup in a minute, is absolutely delusional. This team aren't winning nothing, and if they carry on like this, they won't even be making it in the top four, especially when you consider how much Arsenal are improving and how much Tottenham have improved under Antonio Conte. This team could have... The ultimate embarrassment of playing next season in the fucking Europa Conference League. And let's see how these prima donna players deal with that one. We'll close out by looking at this weekend's FA Cup game as Manchester United host Aston Villa. Manchester United are the 8 13 favourites to win this game. It's 3 1 on the draw and it's 4 1 here on Aston Villa. Man United are the 4-11 to favourites to qualify and it's 2-1 here on Aston Villa. For me, I like both teams to find a net here in this game. I don't think Aston Villa are going to heavily rotate. So I do think we're going to see a strong Villa team here. Steven Gerrard, I think, will take the FA Cup seriously. Aston Villa are one of those teams who are safe in the league. Very, very safe in the league and probably have ambitions only to finish in the top half. So I don't think they're really looking at the European places. So they're the typical type of team that I think will go for the FA Cup this season. I talked about that earlier on in the show when I gave my um, predictions for the FA Cup on the EPL show where we looked at the third round games. And I gave my leans for this round of the FA Cup. And I said, really look at Premier League teams 
that, that aren't in a relegation battle or aren't challenging for the title or a Champions League position this season. They really have nothing more to play for. Therefore, they may as well make an effort in this season's FA Cup. And I think Aston Villa fall into that category. I think they've been unlucky to draw Manchester United here in the third round, whereas Man United have also been unlucky to draw Aston Villa because they could do with a safer passage through. And I really feel like Aston Villa are a live dog here in this game. I feel that both teams will score given the attacking talents on both teams. I think Man United have no choice but to go strong and they'll be able to score against this Villa side who just shipped two goals against Brentford last time out. And as for Manchester United, I have no belief that they can keep a clean sheet against anybody and given this potent Villa attack I think Aston Villa will be able to score here as well I also think there's value on taking Aston Villa plus one here on the Asian handicap line because this current Man United team I cannot see them beating anybody by two goals so if Aston Villa managed to come away here with a win you win this pick if Aston Villa managed to come away here with a draw you win this pick if Manchester United do win this game by a single goal you come away here with a push you only come away with a loss if Manchester United end up winning this game by two goals or more Aston Villa plus one here is available at seven to ten and I think that will be my best play here for this game along with both teams to score which is actually available at the best price of 10 to 11 so that would be the way I would be looking to play this FA Cup tie I have no confidence in Manchester United going through tickets are still available here for this game which is rare for a Man United game and I do think we'll see a strong Man United side but I have no interest in here I have no interest here in attending any further games the last game I went to against Wolves was absolutely miserable and until I see something better here from these players until I start to see better performances, until I start to see a better effort, until I start to see more continuity. I don't really have any interest in making any further investments in Man United. I'll continue to do this show here, Bet MUFC, because I think it is providing some entertainment and amusement to people, especially when you read through these articles that are being published about Ronaldo saying this about Maguire and the players not wanting to train until 5pm at night because it gets dark. This all sounds pretty ridiculous. And if it was true, it would be unbelievable material for some sort of reality show like the All of Nothing show, All or Nothing show that they do on uh, on Amazon that Tottenham participated in. I think Manchester United would be doing record-breaking numbers here if that was an actual show. But you're hearing me here on MUFC I, on Bet MEFC, sorry, I am a Man United fan. I'm suffering through the shit here this season. And what makes it worse is what Patrice Evra said. We do have the players. At the start of the season, we're a team that finished second in the league last season. Obviously, Manchester City won it easily, but we were the team that finished second. So that on paper puts us in a better position than Liverpool and Chelsea, although the books didn't see it that way and the books were correct on this occasion. But we were second in the league and we were a team who finished second that added Jadon Sancho, that added Rafa Varane, that added Cristiano Ronaldo, that had Harry Maguire and Luke Shaw go to the final of Euro 2020. And both players had really, really good tournaments. We had Marcus Rashford coming back from his shoulder surgery, which was supposed to be the thing that held him back, held him back last season. We had 
Mason Greenwood coming through. We had Paul Pogba coming back off a decent Euros and looking like a player that might play for a new contract for us. We had Bruno Fernandes, who was last season's best player. He was the best playmaker in the league last season and we had him in our midfield. We still have all of this. We still have all of these weapons. We should be doing better, which is why this season is so disappointing, which is why this season is so embarrassing. So that's it for this edition of Bet MUFC. I'll be back next time to look back on this Aston Villa game. I look forward to Man United's next Premier League outing. Don't forget to check out all of the other content on the Soccer Gambling Podcast, including the EPL show covering the rest of the third round FA Cup games, including Scamessa Italia, all the games happening on Sunday. And of course, the preview of the African Nations tournament. Good luck with all your bets as always. And... Thanks for listening.